It's another edition of Making Money with the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. I'm retired broadcaster, Gord Whitehead. We've been talking real estate, Ron. Now we're moving into an area that I think most people, if they've ever watched any kind of home and garden TV show or do-it-yourself network or whatever it is, they're aware of, of flipping. And a lot of people I know that have done it, they've, well, you included, they bought homes, they've done some work to them, they've flipped them over, made themselves a tidy profit, used that to reinvest in other properties. It sounds simple, but it's a really complicated issue, isn't it? Yeah, and frankly, you've got to have the economic and uh, demographic wins at your back. I bought and flipped homes in Las Vegas for five, six years. And I quit doing it when they started to have a reality TV show of Flipping Las Vegas. And of course, then everybody uh, had stars in their eyes and started buying and flipping homes. And the, the, the margins that you could get for doing it, they compressed. And effectively got to the point where if you bought a house, you were lucky if you were charging yourself labor of $15 an hour. All that time you put into fixing the house up and reselling it, uh, frankly, you were lucky if you got wages out of it. And so I got out of it because I just didn't, uh, I didn't see the point. And of course, all of a sudden there were experts giving seminars on it and writing books. For me, that was just a, a good exit point. But I did learn a number of lessons. And the first one I learned is flip homes in a rising real estate market. So Unless you can find a home with some exceptional bones, you're not going to be able to put enough value added into it, especially if it takes you three or four months to flip to get it ready to, to resell. And if you're in a declining market, often... You're going to have to sit on it. Yeah, often the value you put into the house uh, will be eroded by the general real estate market falling. So I got out of the real estate market in Vegas because, frankly, prices started to flatten out and there just wasn't the opportunity there was before. So look for a place where you've, you've got the wind at your back and you don't want to risk capital in a falling or soft real estate market because it's just very, very difficult if you've got to sit on your money because then if you want to flip, then you've got to do what most people don't want to do. They got to become a landlord. You got to get a tenant in there, and if the toilet floods at three o'clock in the morning, you're getting a phone call. You yeah. get all the stuff that comes with that. And generally, people that want to buy houses, a lot of them are quite construction oriented, and especially the people that are good with their hands, that a lot of this they can do themselves. And this is where you can really make money. So if you don't have to pay trades to do a lot of these tasks and you're good at doing it yourself, you can get in there and make a lot of extra money. With sweat equity. Yeah. With just putting your own sweat equity in. And here again, with the sweat equity, if you buy a house and flip it, it's a capital gain. So the, you basically charge yourself nothing for for putting the sweat equity in the home, and uh, you get profits at a very tax advantage rate with capital gains when you end up selling the thing. There are other ways to keep your overhead down? Yeah. Before you start flipping homes, you really want to take the time to do your homework. Like when I was in Vegas, we found a, a place because there were so many homes being foreclosed on and they were taking out the washers, they were taking out the dryers, they were taking out the fridges, they were taking out the dishwashers. And so we bought secondhand. 
So there was a place we could go to where we could buy a lot of, of material secondhand. And there was uh, places where some of these new homes, they never finished putting down the rugs. So you had large rolls of... of carpet ends. Carpet and ends yeah. and, and linoleum and paint and all kinds of things. And so if you're a little bit creative and can find a place where you can get uh, material cheap, uh, going way back... Remember when the riverbank slipped away and a lot of high-end homes and river, river bend ended up sliding into the valley? Here in the Edmonton area, yes, I do recall that. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I, my wife had a great idea. Maybe we can go in there and get things out of them. Uh, we worked it out where we, I got a crew, we got a truck, and we went down there and we took out hardwood floors. We took out linoleum. We took out gold-plated taps. We took out sinks, you know, some of those. We took out some of those expensive fireplaces that uh, the heatilator fireplace that are like three or four thousand bucks. So I filled a truckload of that with this stuff. And then we had uh, some lots out at the lake which we developed and we used all the material that we'd scrapped from some of these homes. Uh, we took out to the lake and we developed it. So here again, the your creativity, if you can be literally endless, with opportunities, if you're willing to take the time to sniff this stuff out. Well, there's a there's a great facility here in town, the Restore, as they call it, and it, I think it's a Habitat for Humanity property. There's a lot of recycled stuff in there. Some of it's a little bit sketchy, but some of it's pretty good, too. And if you can take the time and have the discipline to go and look at it, you can save yourself an awful lot of money. What about getting people to look after places? Not everybody's a landscaper. Not everybody's a gardener, as an example. Well, especially if you're going to be doing this on an ongoing basis and you can, most of the work you're going to contract out, you want to sit down with landscapers, painters, plumbers, people that do electrical work, people that put in carpeting and do flooring. And you want to sit down with them and say, look, I'm going to be flipping a home every X months or every X weeks. Can we work out an arrangement where you're coming in and you're going to, and, I'm, and you know, if you do a good job for me and we get you at a good price, I'll keep using you every, every, so you'll be able to go from one job to another. I'll just be a good, steady customer of yours. And so what you want to do before you get into flipping is figure out the areas that you're going to have to outside contract. And if you're going to be doing it regularly, you want to sit down before you start with them. And you want to talk about, look, I'm willing to give you more business but we're going to have you're going to have to cut me a bit of a break on prices. It's one of those areas where if you do it beforehand and the individual knows that they're going to get some business out of you, they're more than willing often to cut you a break. Well, do you want to stay away from places that that really need a lot of work like to if you got somebody that's willing to do some of that work but you go in there and you think, "Holy smokes, this place needs a real overhaul." Is that something to maybe avoid? Generally, you want to stick with homes that uh, you can create excess value through elbow grease and low-cost cosmetic repair. And we're going to be getting some, in, in about one or two minutes here, we're going to be getting into some of the renovations that will make you money and some that won't. But the general rule is things that you can make nice and purdy without uh, a lot of cost. Those are the areas that if you can find a house where there's 
it needs gutters, it needs some fence boards put in, it needs needs some flowers put in. Those are the kind of houses you can really make money on because you don't have to put much into them. And uh, just increasing their curb appeal will do a lot for you. You want to stay in, 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 in mid-braced homes? There's, there's probably a bigger market there, right? Yeah. The Typically, if you're at the lower end of the market, it's it's easier for people to get in. As you move up through different income demographics, what you tend to find is the more, the higher the price, the fewer people can afford those homes. Also, if you have a reasonably priced house, they tend to be very easy to rent. If you've got a nice house in a nice area, house prices have dropped and you decide, well, hey, I can't, um, right now, the market just isn't good enough for me to sell and you need to convert it to a rental to give you the cash flow to tie you over until the market's turnaround. Well, you know, having a, a lower-priced house in a nice area that's sort of at the bottom end of the, the price range, they're easy to rent. When you do sell it, it's just like the law of large numbers. If you take a million-dollar house, it's hard to turn it into a $2 million house. But it's not hard to take a $200,000 house and turn it into a $400,000 house. Okay. And if the market goes soft, as you say, uh, wait it out, right? Like rental is not a bad way to go. I mean, sometimes you might get that three o'clock call to come and fix a leaking faucet, but uh, that at least protects your investment. And, you know, here again, in a previous show, we talked about, you know, just searching out the area. So you're, you're going at areas where transportation is good and schooling is good and kids can go out and play in the communities and there are parks there and there's close to shopping and medical facilities and all those other things where if you check the boxes, because everybody that's looking often is looking for the same thing, unless you're finding a someone that doesn't like population around. He wants to live way out in the boonies by himself, but everybody else is looking for the convenience, especially in a city, that comes with it. So more of those boxes you can check off, uh, the better the resale you'll get and the faster the resale you'll get on your flip. Okay, now you talked about how when you're doing these renovations, it can get pretty expensive if you're not paying attention. So where do you want to pull the trigger on a renovation? What's a good reno and what's not so good reno? Well, the good rentals are basically landscaping. You know, if you green up the lawn, and it's frankly, it's amazing how good you can make a place look by... Increasing its curb appeal, if you yeah, will. Yeah, increasing its curb appeal and getting a bag of fertilizer in spring and watering the lawn, making it turn green. Adding a, a couple of pot, flower pots by the by the front door, getting rid of the weeds. You know, mowing the lawn and trimming, using a weed whacker and getting rid of some of the weeds, and then planting some you know small shrubs and sh and flowers. So you're not planting 20 foot high or 20 meter high trees, but just small shrubs. And you can pick them up at very reasonable prices, and they just add a lot of curb appeal. So landscaping is something especially where you can do a lot of that on your own with sweat equity if uh, and that just adds to the value of the property later on uh, also cosmetic upgrades like painting patching you know on a house where the paint's peeling off you're probably going to have to get up there and scrape and uh, do a little sanding and, a little and yeah. sanding a little filler a little paint a little varnish but that kind of stuff i mean if a door hasn't been varnished in 15 years you sand it down and put a nice clear coat of varnish on it. It just pops and makes the place look terrific. Misaligned gutters. Um, I know, and personally, I put in flooring, uh, some of your basic appliances. If uh, the fridge isn't working, if the stove isn't working, 
uh, unless people are bringing their own appliances and they don't want to have to do that kind of stuff. They want things that work. Misaligned gutters, often you'll see where where the gutters have never been cleaned or there's a leak in them and it's leaking down the side of the building and leaving a big stain. Uh, minor kitchen and, and, and bathroom improvements, you know, putting in a garburetor or putting in a microwave. These are all things that could really improve your kitchen. Maybe uh, increasing some light by putting in a small window or, or just putting in flooring where it doesn't stain. Uh, a lot of kitchen flooring ends up having the crap beat out of it because that's where a lot of people live. You know, you can increase your curb appeal, maybe even put in a double sink. Things like that don't cost you a lot of money, but uh, it's the kind of things that people are looking for. Now, what do you want to avoid? What, what kind of rentals do you want to avoid? These are the ones that you just don't get the payback on. The ones you don't get payback on are usually extensive rentals of basements, living rooms, bedrooms, also where you need big structural repairs like roofs, foundations, and driveways, they tend to be total money pits. And if you put a dollar in, in many of these type of, of renos and restructurings where you're doing structural work, you might get 50 cents on the dollar. So, you know, you can give a place some curb appeal, but you're never going to get your money out of it. And of course, windows, air conditioning, solar, swimming pools, they all fall in that same boat where you're putting in a lot of money, and it's very unlikely that you're going to get it out. I have a friend who sells windows. and A window package for a home, depending on the size of the home, but let's take an average-sized home, you know, like thirty dollars to $40,000 to replace all the windows. That's a significant outlay of capital. And yeah. are you going to get it back? Not all of it, no. Yeah, and so, I mean, if you're going to stay in a place for a long period of time, putting in um, e-friendly windows where, where you're... Uh, insulation values are a lot higher, probably worth it. But if you're going to sell it, putting in triple glazed uh, windows where you've got an exotic gas in between the, the, the window panes, uh, that's not going to pay, pay you back. So those are the rentals that you should look at if you're thinking about making money. These are the ones you might want to put your money into. There's others that you should avoid. So flipping can be very beneficial. You can make a lot of money doing it. Got to be prepared to put a little sweat equity into the mix and make the right moves along the way. We're going to come back and delve into another area of real estate, and that's rental properties, one that, uh, well, you know, if you, if you decide that you've got the thick enough skin to do that, money can be made. We'll tackle that in the next installment of Making Money with the financial coach, Ron Hebert. I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for joining us. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.